0: You need Indeed. Uh, what's going on,
1: everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show here on Rotor Grinders. I am Britt Devine. I'm back. I'm feeling good. Here with my man, Daniel Kelly. Uh, Daniel,
2: this Jordan dude, he, he filled in for me last week. How'd that go? It went It went different. It was a good show, but he has a different approach than you You have, and it's a, it was a fun ride. Do I got to tell the boss about him or anything like that, or he, he's good, right? I just just might might need a little heads up next time you're not going to be around so I know what I'm in for. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So uh, to the three or
1: four of you who are watching this live, we're recording this. You know, this gets put out on podcasts, on YouTube videos. This is during the middle of the World Series. So if you guys are watching this live, I give you a a round of applause because, hey, you're tuning into the right stuff, right? (laughs) NFL Week 8 or Week 9 content, right? That supersedes the World Series Game 7 and all that type of stuff. So. Uh, What we always like to do here is look back. Now, Daniel, I wasn't around last week. What did we learn? What can we take from last week and help that maybe make some decisions this week? And this week, too, by the way, very, very tough salary-wise on DraftKings. That's going to be the theme of the show for mine.
2: Absolutely is. Uh, one, of my, one of my cool takeaways I saw last week is that we're finally seeing Devin Singletary happen. Now, to be fair, the Bills were down the entire second half, and he's more of the pass catching back, so maybe it was game script, but we saw him play 40 snaps on Sunday compared to only 17 for Frank Gore, and if that's kind of workload we can see out of Singletary, who's been more electric, more excited than Gore so far, he could have some real fantasy upside going forward.
1: Yeah, uh, I like Singletary, too. I made a, a horrible dynasty trade to Davis Maddock. I always hate giving him the better end of a deal uh, earlier in the uh, the year with uh, Mr. Singletary. But, yeah, he's been electric whenever he's touched the ball. He's breaking off big plays. If that's going to continue moving forward, uh, you know, hopefully we can get ahead of that price jump uh, and, and use him at some point before. Uh, he gets a little bit too expensive for us. The other guy we want to talk about is, uh, you know, he's allergic to the end zone is Leonard Fournette. Uh, does it even matter if you're allergic to the end zone when you're, you're so heavily involved in the run game, heavily involved in the pass game, racking up yards like none others. I remember this Melvin Gordon season right here in 2015. Uh, you've got a nice stat on that here, but even though he's not getting into the touchdown or getting the touchdowns, it doesn't really matter for us, but it, eventually that huge game is going to break through.
2: Yeah, it's uh, I, I wrote in the thing. It's almost comical at this point. He, among active players, already has the third most touches in a season with zero or one touchdowns. He could, if he doesn't score this week, blow past that number for active players, and he's like three weeks away from the all-time record. Now, I don't think he's going to set it. I don't think there's a chance he's going to set it because you don't get this level of touches. You don't have this level of production without finding the end zone. It's a fluke, just like Julio Jones is a fluke last year going to scoreless through eight weeks. He's going to start finding the end zone a lot more as long as he's healthy, and you're going to reap the benefit for it.
1: Yeah, and he's just crushing for us in fantasy week in, week out. He's finally getting priced up and getting some respect. The algorithms have have caught on to that. Imagine if he had scored some touchdowns. He'd be in the Christian McCaffrey level in terms of price. So a little, still get a little bit of discount where you can use him sometimes. But anyway, that's Daniel's article. He's the lead editor over there at PFF from from the fantasy portion, and uh, he provides a lot of insight. Uh, a takeaway from every game that we can look forward and, and one of the more fun articles if you got a PFF subscription. Gotta go check out every week. Always like to give you a little plug there, Daniel. Uh, let's get into some content for this week, though. Let's talk some showdown. My bet, one of my bets, we always like those, that's coming up next, comes from this game. I'm, I'm not going to ruin my bet. I'm going to let you talk about this game. So what are your <laughs> expectations here? San Francisco uh, on the road, uh, short week here uh, for both teams. Uh, Arizona, uh, I don't know if they can really keep up here with the four
2: yeah, it's, I, I, t- I tossed it on Twitter the other day. I think it's a fascinating stat. San Francisco has allowed 11.5 fantasy points to quarterbacks in the four weeks since they're by, and that's not per game. That's total. They, they're they down in the three points per game range. It is insane. Meanwhile, Kyler Murray has gone without a touchdown pass in four of his last five games. It's We, we don't know what's going on in the running game there. Chase Edmonds is going to play. David Johnson might not play. Kenyon Drake's been there for a day and a half and is also Kenyon Drake. The wide receiver game is confusing. I don't – I mean, if you're playing a showdown, you're going to have to have a taste of this this Cardinals offense. But I want as little taste of it as I can possibly have. It, I'm terrified of it.
1: That Larry Fitzgerald, those first two weeks when you're a 36-year-old man rumbling down the field, smooth as silk, right? Precipitous <laughs> drop-off for Larry Fitzgerald since then. He hasn't been doing anything. I like Kirk a little bit if you were going to play someone from Arizona. Um, but I want to roll this into the bets of the week here. We always like to talk. it, And I'll, I'll pull up Green Line. Uh, I've got a different game pulled up here first, but Greenline disagrees with me on this. I'm telling pro football focus, Greenline's wrong. Uh, Nine and a half for the 49ers. (laughs) This is free money to me, right? I'm going to roll down some of the teams, the bucket or the the 49ers have won so far, right? So we've got the Buccaneers, the Bengals, the Browns, the Rams, and the Panthers, right? Absolutely demolished all of those teams. There's some decent teams mixed in there. Um, They had that, they won by nine against the Redskins. That was that sloppy rain game. You really can't make too much out
2: of that. Count, count that out altogether.
1: Yeah, other than that, they have absolutely beat every other team by nine and a half, no problem. And that was a nine-point win. I don't understand how this is a, just a nine-point spread. I, I, I get it from Vegas. They never want to make these too big. The Cardinals aren't good. There's a lot of uncertainty here. The 49ers are a death machine. I don't care that three or their four running backs have a little bit of problems because when Tevin Coleman's the healthy dude – doesn't matter he's gonna have a monster game absolutely love him on the showdown slate uh so this is probably my favorite bet of the week 49ers minus nine and a half it seems big but you got the the rookie quarterback right on the short week the rookie coach on the short week this is this is just handing money away from
2: Vegas it it does seem too good to be true but I, I can't poke a hole in your argument it seems like it's just right there for you
1: yeah, I love this one. Uh, I'll get to my couple. Actually, I got one other that I already made, too. But uh, why don't you throw a couple at me this week?
2: Well, I, I love Buffalo minus nine and a half over Washington. Um, it looks like Dwayne Haskins is going to be the quarterback for Washington this week, in which case he hasn't looked like an NFL quarterback at all. If Case Keenum is there, he hasn't looked good either. Meanwhile, Buffalo has a strong defense, going to shut down Washington's offense. I just talked about Devin, Devin Singletary being electric out there. I, there's no downsides to Buffalo just rolling Washington in this game.
1: Yeah, I, l- I like Buffalo. the nine- See, I would much rather take the 9.5 on the Niners than a 9.5 on the Bills. I took that Miami money against the Bills because I don't think the Bills deserve to be enormous favorites against anybody. But I think against the Redskins, they're at home. I think that's about right. I, c- I can get aboard that one. Uh, let's hit this Jets game. we got two different takes on it. I'll pull up the green line for that as well. Uh, I like the Jets minus 3.5. It looks like the consensus has moved to just 3. I'll take that too because like I, I literally don't understand – I know the Jets are bad, but the Dolphins will – you saw, right? They literally will just stop covering people to lose NFL <laughs> football games. Like, this is what they're doing right now. I don't – like, the Jets, this should be five or six in my opinion. The Dolphins, they uh, IR'd uh, – or what do they call it now? Whatever they call it. Xavier and Howard, they're attempting to lose. They traded away Kenyon Drake any way possible. They're doing funky play calls. Uh, and I just think this. if this game's close, I guarantee you the Dolphins are going to find a way to lose it some, some miraculously – uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to throw a bad pick, you know, on accident, or the defense is going to forget to cover Robbie Anderson deep on a play. Something like that's going to happen in this game if it's close. So again, I think Vegas has just giving us free money. A team, the Jets want to win, right? They're going to band together all those, hey, we're going to trade everybody. I think they probably band together and put together a pretty solid weapon on the Dolphins this week.
2: I can see that. I think either way, the under is the way to go in this game. Uh, I saw it at uh, forty. What is it, 41. Um, these two teams are two of the bottom five in place per game. These are very slow offenses. We've seen Le'Veon Bell's not even getting touches anymore. There's no offensive weapons on either side of the ball. I, how, where are the points going to come from in this game? Maybe Robbie Anderson gets one. It's, there's there's no there's going to be no scoring in this game. I think a thirteen seven outcome is what we're going to see. Ryan Fitzpatrick picks sixes. That's where the scoring's coming from in this game. Uh, and Maybe. then you got
1: one more. The game, the game of the week, I think, in terms of scoring. Right, Detroit Oakland. You don't care what the total is. Just keep going over it. I, I,
2: hey. I, I'm in agreement here. It feels so, so boring to, you know, you pick the high number and say over. It feels like the the sappy way to play. But I just – who's going to stop anybody in this game? These are two quarterbacks who are playing surprisingly well. We're going to talk about them more later. They're both on my list for this mm-hmm. week. I just I, – I don't see any any stopping. I can see this being a 60-point over. Yeah, if you want
1: another uh, – the Raiders are two-and-a-half-point favorites. What? Uh, go about the Lions. That's, uh, Vegas is just giving – the Lions are an excellent, excellent team. They're, they're good on defense, and that offense is not to be – uh, stopped in my opinion in this game. So if you want another bet for me, go hit the Lions. I'll go. I went three and zero last week. I don't have the proof. I wasn't on the show. I assure you though, I went three and zero on my teams. And I'm <laughs> looking to go do that again. Uh, let's jump into some positional stuff for the uh, the people on the Sunday slate here. We'll start at quarterback and let, let's just first talk about the pricing on DraftKings this week. I always like to talk DraftKings pricing it's tough they you know they didn't just ratchet up the pricing I mean, like oh let's make it a little harder they gave everyone like a 10 percent plus premium specifically if you're in like a really good spot the pricing is just really tough this week so we're penny pinching I don't know can we afford Russell Wilson can we afford the expensive quarterbacks because we're we just don't have the money I think in a lot of spots to pay for them it's going to be a really interesting week uh, a lot of skillful construction needed for tournaments so let's try to hash this out Daniel what do you got for me a quarterback
2: well, if we're going to spend up, which I, it might not work out this week, but Russell Wilson is going to be a good one to spend up on. Um, you want to say the loss of Justin Britt to injury might hurt him, but I think it's only going to cause him to scramble more, and that's going to create more opportunity for him to accumulate yards that way. Meanwhile, we know Tampa Bay has a strong run defense and an awful pass defense, so I expect him to have to throw the ball a lot more. Uh, they have the third biggest gap between their PFF. Uh, run defense grade and coverage grade. They, they've they allowed three, what, 3.0 three yards per carry on the year. Just Russell Wilson's going to have to throw the ball in this game. That's going to lead to a lot of points.
1: The question is, is Pete Carroll the dumbest coach in football, or is he smart enough to realize he has the best quarterback, throwing to really good targets, or is he just going to jam Chris Carson into a defense that has let up nothing to anybody not named Christian McCaffrey?
2: I, I barely let out Christian McCaffrey. He didn't yeah. do the yards. He just got the end zone. I, I don't I, – I think he's going to want to do Carson, and I think he's going to realize real quick that's not going to work. I, uh, I hope. that That's what I'm counting on. Uh, so I
1: used Stafford in cash last week. I think I'm – you know, you can make a really strong case. We just talked about this Lions game, uh, and this looks like another amazing spot, right? I, Oakland's allowing the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. Uh, if you look at some of the DVOAs, Detroit's fourth and past DVOA, that's good. Oakland's defense thirtieth and past DVOA, that's bad. Oakland's also thirty-first in pass rush grade. That all, that what that means, right? Plenty of time to launch the ball left and right to Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay down the field. You got work working the middle. Hawkinson. You got 8,000 different running backs playing. Let's not talk about Ty Johnson at all, by the way. That was uh, that was some some, <laughs> some bad play by me last week, but it ended up working out uh, in the long run. It just looks like this is – Stafford is healthy, right? Last year, not healthy. He is in full control of this offense. They are calling plays suited to what his receivers do, the size of Kenny Galladay, the abilities of Marvin Jones to catch these deep balls. You can't just – double them, right? Cause Amandola is being halfway decent and Hawkinson's out there. They can still dump it off to the the running backs as well. So Stafford looks like a little bit of salary savings. If you can't get to Russell Wilson, um, I always hate the non-running quarterbacks, right? Cause you need, you need two seventy five and and two, you know, it's like a baseline, but you really need like 303 to feel good out of your non-running quarterback. But I think Stafford should be able to hit that pretty easily this one.
2: Yeah. I, I, that's what I said about the over in this game. I think Stafford's a great play. I think Derek Carr is a great play, too. Uh, Detroit's allowed 60 points to quarterbacks the last two weeks. They've, they've allowed eight, at least 18 points to quarterbacks in every week but week two. I This game's going to have so many points. I want as much of the taste of this game as I can get.
1: Um, Garrett Cole has walked out to the bullpen, Daniel, so he's going to be coming in <laughs> in an inning or two uh, for all you guys sweating – uh, some, uh, some game seven out there. Uh, wh- I want to talk the, the lay of the land here, too. So a couple other quarterbacks are interesting. We've got Mitchell, De- Mitchell Trubisky won the Millionaire Maker three different occasions last year dude is absolute trash might be one of the worst quarterbacks currently (laughs) playing as a starting quarterback what happened to running Mitchell Trubisky just winging it and chucking it to Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel and like he had good targets I don't understand what's happening either Trubisky's horrible the play calling's bad or just everything is total trash in Chicago on the offensive end but if there was ever a week right you got to try it against Philadelphia
2: yeah, I, I, it's Trubisky and my other person I had on our list here, Jameis Winston. I have no problem using either one of them this week because of their, because of their matchups. And Jameis, even with his 10 touchdowns the last two weeks or last two games, still has put up 20 points each week. Trubisky gets this Eagles secondary that has been burnable by everybody, second most points to wide receivers, I think fifth most to, to quarterbacks. Don't watch these games. Use them, toss them in your lineup, and then absolutely ignore everything that happens until Monday and look back and hope you won. That's the only way you can have Daniel, a happy time. The
1: only way to be a good fantasy analyst is to grind the tape. You have, you must watch the games, Daniel. Watch it. Watch <laughs> it after <laughs> fact. Watch
2: it once you know what happened. Don't watch it while you're sweating. No
1: sweating. Uh, all right. So a couple other quarters. I want to ask you if you have a take on Brandon Allen, right? Normally, I wouldn't be doing this, right? But it's it's tough out there. The lay of the land is tough. A quarterback. He's forty one hundred. That that's a thumbs down for me. I don't really see that happening. Are you in agreement, or do you have a, any sort of take on that?
2: I mean, it's one of those where if, if your lineup lets you get him in because you've used McCaffrey and Cook and a bunch of other high price yeah. guys, I, I'll listen. I'm still. It's, you can't possibly be excited by it.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't, don't think I'm going to do it yet. I don't think I'm that starved for, for cash. We're going to have to see what happens if the if Jalen Samuels and James Connor that, that that situation becomes a little more dicey. Who knows what's going to happen, right? Because we're so value star. But currently, I don't think I'm going to go that cheap a quarterback. Uh, another game I like is sort of the Packers game, right? We saw Aaron Rodgers go nuclear. Philip Rivers has, you know, he has really good targets. He has the the ability to post some big games. They just need to get Melvin Gordon. Why don't you get traded, dude? Let this Chargers offense get back to <laughs> running good. Um, I had the Chargers, la- right, Chargers plus five last week. That was just like free money. The Bears are so bad. Trubisky's so bad. That was one of my uh, bets from last week. But uh, I think if you're looking for a little bit of lower ownership out in the land, I think the Russell Wilsons, the Matthew Staffords, you mentioned Derek Carr, right? Those are going to be the popular quarterbacks this week. So if you were looking uh, to kind of get a little bit of a swerve, take a look at that Packers game. And as long as the uh, the wide receiver two there in Green Bay, Devontae Adams stays out of the way of the wide receiver one and Aaron Jones. I mean, <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to be lighting it up left and right.
2: Yeah. Rodgers is great. Rivers is great for cash. I don't think he has much tournament upside, but that game should be interesting either way. Uh, you got a dud here too. Uh, Carson Wentz, right? Like, um,
1: interesting on him, you know. Had a lot of hype coming into the season. Hasn't really performed too great recently. Why, why are we hating on once this week?
2: He he was my preseason MVP pick, so I feel like I'm a little burned on that one. But he has gone under 200 passing yards four of his last five games. He's got he's attempted under 30 passes four of his last five games. There's just he's had no upside lately. He averaged 21 fantasy points weeks one through four. He's down to 15 the last four weeks. He's got a bad slate coming up this week's. Uh, I just don't see any reason why you'd want to put yourself through that.
1: Yeah, probably once not on my radar too, so I can get definitely behind that call. Uh, let's move on to running backs, and this is where you know the pricing gets really expensive. Dalvin Cook, ninety five hundred. Christian McCaffrey, ten thousand. The thing is, they should be that that expensive. The problem is, everybody else also got price bumped a little bit too high, even guys that aren't deserving. So it's really tough to afford. You know, we used to call this, this has been going on for years. Team jam them in, Daniel. This is where you just take three bell cow running backs. You get them in your lineup. You don't even care what the rest of your team looks like. You just click buttons. And as long as you have those running backs in, that's, that, that's like the safe cash game. I, I don't think you can do that this week. It's a tough stretch to even use one of them. If you had to pick, what do you got? You got CMC guaranteed, total workhorse, never coming off the field. Or you're playing Dalvin Cook in, in the nuttiest of matchups.
2: Uh, part of it comes down to whether Mahomes is playing in the Dalvin Cook game, but I think my answer is Dalvin Cook either way. We saw Mahomes' last two healthy games, Houston and Indianapolis, just ran the ball as much as they could to keep the ball out of his hands. I expect the Vikings to try to do that same thing. It was, and Cook you know, has the electricity. He leads the league and carries at 10-plus yards. I, I expect them to use him like McCaffrey this week. Tiny bit of savings on McCaffrey. I, I think Cook's the better play. And every dollar counts this week, and McCaffrey, he's 10K right Tennessee matchup, There's,
1: there's not. it's not good, it's not bad, but as Christian McCaffrey, if you have the extra money, I still think you use Christian McCaffrey if you take out the Tampa Bay games. He's, he's, it's almost like 40 fantasy points on DraftKings he's scoring uh, against all the other teams that he's faced not named Tampa Bay. So uh, if you like 40 fantasy points in your lineup, I would suggest trying to get Christian McCaffrey on your team. But <laughs> hey, Dalvin Cook's not a bad consolation prize either. Uh, a couple other – I want to talk the lay of the land with uh, – who is it? Jalen Samuels uh, with James Connor on the injury report. We're so starved for value. If Connor's out, Samuels uh, – if you ask me right now, he's probably going to be the highest owned player in tournaments that we've seen on DraftKings this season. This is how value starved we are. He's 4K on DraftKings. That's like I, – I. if I was playing tournaments, I might use him literally in 100% of my lineups to try to get an edge in the field in that. Do you have any reason why you wouldn't want to play Jalen Samuels uh, in a lot of teams at that it's, price? If Connor's out, it, yeah.
2: If it comes out, especially if Connor and Snell are both out, it's just. There's, what else are they going to do? Last time Samuels was healthy, they were letting him play Wildcat over uh, Rudolph in those games. I just, there's, with the savings and the the way the lineup is everywhere else, I I have no argument against what you just said.
1: Yeah, currently we haven't projected at 42% in like the first algorithmic run. That thing's going to go through the roof if the James Conner news gets a little iffier in the week. So I'm sure you'll hear about that as the news cycle progresses. Um, But just understand, uh, Jalen Samuels, the, the premier player running back if Connor's out. Uh, let's say that doesn't play out, right? We need a, a couple of value plays, throw something at me.
2: Well, Adrian Peterson feels absolutely dirty to suggest, and it's definitely a cash play over a tournament, but he has the sixth most carries across the last three weeks, the fifth best PFF grade. He has the most yards per carry among the uh, any, any running backs of more than 40 carries. Not much upside. He's not going to have much receiving game, but he's got He's got, what, nine points every week the last three weeks? The rest of that offense is so bad that even in bad game script, he's getting the work. It's it's boring. I hate it, but it's a good play. Teams that run the ball a lot win. You know that, Daniel? Oh, God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> let's, let's go watch baseball. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, Adrian Peterson is interesting. 4,200 at Buffalo. Always tough, but, hey, a little swerve off the chalk at lower ownership is Adrian Peterson outscore Jalen Samuels. More than one out of 40 times if you play the slate over and over again. I I say yes, probably. So I think that'll be an interesting tournament swerve. I like your call on that one. Another one you got is Mr. PPR. All of a sudden, Miles Sanders uh, busting some big plays lately. You're down on once, but we can use Sanders.
2: Yeah, I, I Sanders, I, particularly if Deshaun Jackson's not back yet, we don't know yet about him, but he's become a receiving back. He went from, across the first four weeks of the season, 21 receiving yards per game, barely barely involved in the game. He's up to 50 receiving yards per game the last four weeks. His yards per hour run has gone from 1.68 to 3.52. He's not getting enough carries to be an absolute lock-in bell cow type of play in fantasy, but this is a PPR game. He's catching these passes. He's got decent upside. Uh, a couple of my favorites. If you can't, let's say you're
1: playing tournaments, right, and you got your quarterback stacked to your wide receiver, and you got to run it back with somebody, I can guarantee you, if you're doing that in a in a good game script, you are not going to be able to afford Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey. So I got a couple salary savers for you. The first one uh, is going to be Chubb, uh, the Cleveland running back. Uh, I like him quite a bit. This this did you see uh, the Baker Mayfield interviews today, dude? Dude's just like a. a like he, I don't know if he's Johnny Manziel in disguise or something, but he, he's got attitude. But it, it, attitude doesn't work when you're losing like Cleveland is right now. Chubb's the only part of that offense that's functional. You can run a little bit. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think he's going to be a pretty fine play at his price tag, 20-plus carries, catch a couple of passes. Uh, once Kareem Hunt comes back, maybe he takes a little bit of a hit. But guess what? That ain't this week, so I'm not too worried about it. And then the play of the week, I, I think – his ownership's going to really creep up, is is Josh Jacobs to me. On, in our first run, we're something at like 7%, and that is definitely too low. Uh, he's just, I think, 6,500 on DraftKings, and you like the over on this game? Well, here's another reason why. Detroit's along the most fantasy points to opposing running backs this season. Check one for Josh Jacobs. Big mismatch in adjusted line yards on the offensive and defensive lines in favor of the Raiders. Check two. Raiders fourth-best rush grade. 12th best run blocking grade and the lions have the 25th run defense grade on PFF along with a 31st tackling grade checkboxes everywhere going in favor of Josh Jacobs. Uh, I do wish he would play a little bit more snaps. He doesn't play like every snap. He's not Christian McCaffrey playing hundred percent. I mean, he's only playing like 55% of the snaps on the season, but when he's in there, they make it a, a you know, a, they try to get him the ball. So 20, 20 ish touches for him at 6,500. On a week where we're starving for value, he fits into a lot of lineups you're going to want to make that have popular quarterback-wide receiver stacks. I think he's playable, in two in cash games. Uh, so Josh Jacobs is, is shaping up to be one of my favorite running backs of the week.
2: My, my only issue with Jacobs, it's a small one, but Rodney Hudson's injury makes me a little worried. I worry he's not going to get as many yards before contact. And that's just going to keep his ceiling a little low. I like everything you said, so it's it's just a little nitpicky thing there.
1: Most fantasy points allowed to running backs, and we play for fantasy points. Little, little I, nitpicky, <laughs> little. I got that I got that going, Daniel. Uh, so that was my spiel. Uh, what do you want? You know, a couple guys you're interested in. This one's interesting because Chris Carson is carrying some ownership to start the week. He carried some ownership. Last week as well, um, another tough matchup for him here. Tampa Bay shutting everybody down. Uh, I've been on Carson quite a bit this year, but I, I do think I am jumping off the bandwagon.
2: Yeah, this this week's just gonna be tough for him. We talked about the, the Tampa Bay run defense and you know the way to attack him as a running back then is to catch the ball. And Carson's not catching the ball at all lately. The first four weeks of the season, he averaged three and a half receptions, twenty-five receiving yards a game. Those numbers he had, had two receptions and twelve receiving yards the last four weeks. So he's only contributing as a runner. And it's gonna be hard for him to run in this game between Tampa Bay's defense, Justin Britt being out. I just I, I don't want to spend up for Carson this week.
1: And then Levy and Bell is interesting. Why it's just against Miami, and I think if if this is the get right, get rightiest spot you can have, I think a, a team, a bad team going to play Miami. This is where you rally your troops. You put some good film to make more money next year. If you're a player, you get up for this game because you also don't want to be the laughing stock. The Jets were the team that lost to the Dolphins, right? Why why are you you're a little bit down on Bell? I like Bell a little bit this week. I know the the, the receptions uh, and horrible performance last week, but I can definitely jump on board with him here
2: against Miami. I, I could totally be off on this, but like I said earlier, there, there's going to be no scoring this game. These are two of the bottom five teams in plays per game, so he's going to have fewer opportunities to score. He's, got, he's averaged only 13.3 touches per game the last three weeks. That is something in the league among running backs. He's having a, a career-low 3.2 yards per carry. Yes, Miami could be the salve that cures all ills, and he could be just fine, but What's just fine in this offense? You know, he's not going to be the Le'Veon Bell we saw before, and he's what is he the third highest priced running back on the slate? That's just it's too expensive for a guy who doesn't have the upside he used to have. Uh, let's talk about another running back, and let's go to a Scott's Fantasy
1: uh, Expected Expected Fantasy Points article. One of the better reads every week here on Pro Football Focus, and uh, you know it's it's a dark week in salary land, Daniel.
2: <laughs> My cats are fighting.
1: Oh, hey, something's going on. Oh man, did I mean, see that coming. They did not like Mark Walton. <laughs> they do not like Mark Walton. Uh, so we, we, we need some value this week. Are we are we digging too deep with Mark Walton, or is Mark Walton a viable play?
2: My brother-in-law's back there fixing the cats now. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, Mark Walton is is a viable play in the sense of if you have expensive everywhere else you want to save, sure. He was 12th among running backs in expected fantasy points last week with 11 carries, 6 targets. That's a good workload for a guy who we haven't seen much of at all before. He he, he led all running backs to snap share last week. It's, it's a Dolphins running back. It's a bad offense. You're not counting on much there, but he's a guy who has you know nobody's going to be on. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you're a running back getting touches, and you're cheap in DFS. Um, probably not the sexiest play, but there's ways he could possibly get there with a with a large snap share. So keep your eye on Walton. Probably not someone you were thinking about, but uh, he's pretty interesting. The other guy uh, we wanted to talk about is Curtis Samuel, who is definitely going to be one of the more popular receivers. Now, he did pop up on the injury report. Today with like a shoulder injury, and I think there's a little bit of question if he ends up playing on Sunday, uh, as we sit here right now. But if he does suit up, right, he's he's forty two hundred on DraftKings. DJ Moore is only like forty nine hundred. These are like the only cheap players on DraftKings, and uh, I I think they're going to be really popular if they end up suit up.
2: Yeah, Scott's noticed, you know, expected fantasy points, it really has nothing to do with what you actually put up. It's just what your usage says you should put up. And he has put up an absolute consistent usage since week one. He's had at least 12.3 expected fantasy points in every game and never more than 18.3. So you expect him to have a good but not great fantasy out, uh, outlook every week. And if he can get even a little bit of touchdown luck, that's going to go through the roof. He's not performing like that, though. So he's going to be a little overlooked in that regard, I think. So, yes, it's going to come down to his injury and if he's healthy. But if he's healthy, I expect good numbers to come from him. Yeah, so keep your eye on that
1: injury report on Curtis Samuel. If he's in, play him. If he's not, DJ Moore is just 4800 on DraftKings. I don't know why everyone else got priced up, but the Carolina receivers and Greg Olson, they're like, nah, you guys can stay real cheap. But that's what DraftKings decided. To, all, all the Carolina uh, receivers get to stay cheap, and Christian McCaffrey goes through the roof. Um, but yeah, very interesting situation uh, to keep your eye on. Uh, receiver, let's let's talk a couple more. We got some studs. It's an interesting week. There's no Julio. There's no Michael Thomas. There's no DeAndre Hopkins. Right? We're we're really starving for elite value towards the top. So. What Kenny Galladay, right? I love him. I open up DraftKings and he's gone from sixty four hundred to all the way up to seventy seven hundred and the second highest price receiver on the slate this week. Can we can we afford to pay seventy seven hundred for Kenny Galladay? Because it sure seems like the results are going to end up being pretty good.
2: Yeah, I mean, the option is then you pivot out to, to Marvin Jones and save a little bit. But I love Kenny Galladay this week. He's still, he's got nine end zone targets. He's got 20 red zone targets on the year. They're putting him in all the scoring situations. I'm happy to just pretend week seven never happened and go right back to the well with, with what he did week eight. I, I There's massive ceiling. A Galladay and either Tyrell Williams or Darren Waller with one of the quarterbacks in this game correlation stack, I think it's fantastic. I think it's going to be the way to make the money.
1: Yeah, you got another wide receiver, another alpha, Allen Robinson at Philadelphia, 6,800 on DraftKings, right? You know, a little bit of a salary saver, at least seven targets, I think, in every single game this season, and just clearly a man among boys. Imagine if he didn't have Blake Bortles and Blake Bortles 2.0 for his entire NFL career so far.
2: Seriously, he's one of those guys you want to have in the simulation games where you actually put him with a good quarterback. But regardless, yeah, seven targets every game. He's had at least uh, 60 yards every game but one. He's been a massive producer. We've seen how birdable this Eagles secondary is second most fantasy points allowed to receivers on the season. There's, there's no nothing scaring me off of Robinson this week. He's going to be a lock in most of my lineups. Yeah. A couple of guys I'm
1: interested in, right. I'm
2: trying to, to look a little cheaper in salary
1: to give some viable options on a, on a tough week. And the first guy I came up with is going to be DK Metcalf, right? He fits into what we want. The TD regression came a little bit last week. He's just 5,700. He played 94% of the snaps, right? That was a season high. 11 end zone targets, right? Those are the high-value targets for a wide receiver. That's got to be the most in the league, if not tied for second or something like that. Tampa Bay is allowing the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers while being the top DVO defense, DVOA defense versus the run. This is why you sort of didn't like Chris Carson. And you just got to have hope that, that Pete Carroll – has some sense in it. And I guess this will be the this will be the key, right? If if Chris Carson has twenty one rushes for fifty seven yards, right, that's going to show you P. Carroll's not the greatest coach in the world. I've got a feeling that's kind of what the Chris Carson line is going to look like, and we're going to be a little frustrated. But Metcalf has the sort of slate breaking upside. He can hit the deep pass. He's a big target in the end zone. He's just fifty seven hundred, probably a little too risky for cash because the targets aren't always there. Um, but really interesting for me in tournaments, Daniel.
2: Yeah, I, I see no issue there. I, I like Lockett too, but Metcalf's a little cheaper. I, you, you, part of this passing game should be in your lineup. Uh, I got one more
1: for you. Let me throw this one. I'm going to get a little weirder. You ready? Sammy Watkins. How much do you think Sammy Watkins should be? He should, Well, here's he shouldn't be 4,900. So 4,900 is just too cheap this week. I don't care if Matt Moore is slinging him in the ball yet again, let alone if somehow Patrick Mahomes comes back. So I, I like this matchup quite a bit. Minnesota's allowing the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers. I mentioned this a, a couple of weeks ago, that Detroit-Minnesota game I'm Like, that game's going over. It went absolutely ballistic. The Minnesota corners are nothing to be afraid about. So, Sammy Watkins got plenty of targets with Matt Moore. That $4,900 price tag is really inviting on a week where we got to save some salary. So, he's looking to be one of my my favorite sort of mid-price targets as well.
2: It's It's a salary thing. I'm fine with him on the salary. I'm not excited about him for any other reason. But – he does have a decent upside, and he's cheap. I, I'll give you that. Watkins or DJ Moore? I like DJ Moore,
1: especially if Samuel's out. I think so, too. Moore's $100 less. Watkins is going to be low-owned, so he's. I'm trying trying to give a little bit of low-ownership angle on that one. Uh, who do you got? You, you, hey, low-ownership. You got some Anthony Miller. You've, you, are you in the Anthony Miller fan club, Daniel? Because I feel like you've
2: talked about him a couple of times this year. He's, he's interesting. His usage has gone way up since their bye. He's, he's averaged 1.90 yards per run. Not great, but a huge jump over the 0.78 he was averaging before their buy. He was averaging 16 yards a game. Now it's up to 65 and a half. It's, again, it's picking on the Eagles defense. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's a slate breaker or anything, but he's cheap. And I, I think there's a lot more potential there than his uh, reputation has him at.
1: Uh, And then another one, you got Corey Davis, right? Uh, The darling of last week kind of fell flat uh, after his big performance two weeks ago here. Uh, You think we can go back to him?
2: He still led the the Titans in, in offensive snaps last week among receivers. He uh, he's, you know, we said Tannehill unlocked him, and that didn't happen. It still might have. It was one week. He The the Carolina has allowed 50-plus points to receivers in the last two weeks before their bye, and then probably could have against San Francisco last week. San Francisco just said, let's have Tevin Coleman get all the points. But I still think that this defense is a little uh, less impressive than it's been made out to be, and I think this could be a Davis week.
1: Yeah, digging uh, – got to dig a little deeper here, too. I'm going to round that out with two other wide receivers. Uh, a little cheaper, I got Preston Williams at 4,200, hundred seven eight. Seven, six targets in his past four games. He led the team in wide receiver snaps last week. And uh, this Jets defense isn't that great now. I I think Miami, of course, is going to lose this game. Uh, I like the Jets to to cover that spread by a pretty healthy margin. Um, So I I think Williams has the ability to post uh, consistent lines with those targets. I think there's a little bit of big playability, too, against the Jets. And then if you want some ultimate safety play, this is what it's really come to this week, Daniel, because the, <laughs> the pricing is just so tough. I, I haven't mentioned his name. I think I don't think I've used him in a single lineup. Cole Beasley, this is what it's come to. He's 4,100 on DraftKings. And if you're just looking for a dude to get you some points and not end up giving you a zero at the end of the week, you got Beasley. With seven, six, four, 13, 10, four, and nine targets on the season. Uh, only less than nine DraftKings points once this year. If you just need a dude to fill out the last spot on your cash team, I don't think Beasley's ever a tournament play. Uh, I think Beasley deserves some consideration on, on what's a pretty tough salary week on DraftKings. So that's going to be the end of me dumpster diving. You got a couple people you want to poo poo and talk down on. Uh, so give me a couple of duds at the position.
2: I mean, the first one's Odell Beckham, which I don't even know if that counts as an exciting dud anymore, but number one receivers against Denver this season have averaged 10.6 fantasy points oh, and less than nine since Tyler Williams had the big week one performance. The only one who scored a touchdown was uh, uh, Tyree Hill. that Chris Harris has been shadowing more. And that's really bitten all these number one receivers in the butt. Not like Beckham's been great otherwise, but especially with this matchup, I just don't trust him to put up any numbers. Uh, all right, let's go to the tight end position
1: and, just an absolute trash-burning dumpster pile of tight yes. ends this week. The problem, Well-described. The problem here is everyone you would like to use is too expensive, and you can't afford them, and you don't even really want to use them anyway. The mid-tier guys are all overpriced. There are some cheap plays you can talk yourself into. Those generally have been horrible plays the entire year and likely getting you a zero, So let's try to give some direction in this. Do you have anyone you think is worth the money? Kelsey, Waller, and Hunter Henry. 6K for Henry, 6,300 for Waller, 6,900 for Travis Kelsey. They're carrying some ownership, but I gotta be real. I tried making some teams, and your team is garbage if you try to pile them in right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, if I'm using one, it's Waller just for the the Detroit Oakland stack. But man, I, I don't know what to do with this position this week. It's it's tough.
1: Uh, here, let me let me try to give you some help here. So, I mentioned Christian Christian McCaffrey's ten thousand. All the Panthers receivers got the discount though, so I don't really understand what's going on with the algorithm. Greg Olson's thirty five hundred. Now it's not sexy, but you're just looking for a dude playing a lot of snaps at the tight end position that can run some routes. Maybe some things can happen. And at $3,500, I'm okay. I'm okay taking on some risk at the position. And I'd, I'd much rather take a risk on a guy who is actually out there playing nearly 100% of the snaps. And that's Greg Olson. It's against Tennessee. The matchup's not uh, amazing. It's not bad. Uh, it's sort of middle of the road here. And just, just for the price play, he's sort of the guy I've keyed on in early. Just He just fits some of the, the teams I want to make. We don't have a lot of ownership on him currently I think it probably edges up as the week progresses, depending on injuries and things like that. But th- this is what it's come to, Daniel. Uh, old tight ends in the middle of the season generally don't work out, but I- I'm-, I'm not paying $6,000 for a tight end.
2: Yeah. The, the, the only one I'm, I'm thinking is value. Chris Herndon, first game. Maybe they try to feed him a lot, but – yeah. You're, you're going to be finding stretch reasons to get any of these guys in. Every team that's on a bye this week has relevant tight ends. We've got George Kittle off the main slate. We've got Darren Fells off the main slate. We've got Evan Ingram and Mark Andrews. It's, it's so bad. It's so bad.
1: So I got to – let me throw – I like Herndon. My question is that Ryan Griffin breakout, dude. Do you think Herndon's going to go and get back to playing 100% of the snaps? Like, are they just going to erase Ryan Griffin after that breakout game? Yes, they are. I think they would too. Uh, So Herndon's interesting. I got an interesting one here. Dallas Goddard, 71-59, 66% of the snaps in the last three weeks with 17 targets. Ertz is – I don't know if Ertz is just done or, like, Goddard's just, like, good – or a combination of both, but the Eagles offense is sort of running through Dallas Goddard right now. If you need a dart throw, I think you could do a lot worse than him. You've got Bree. if there's no O.J. Howard, but Bree popped up on the injury report today too. So you got to kind of wait and see how that plays out. Uh, I got a nice thing from, uh, this is from Derek Brown on Twitter, dbro underscore FFB. So I stole this from him. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson, now the Lions just don't use T.J. Hawkinson anymore. They don't at need all. to because they have Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones and Amendola, and they're all really good at their respective jobs. But if they wanted to use T.J. Hawkinson, in theory, here's some stat lines uh, that Derek Brown mentioned. Uh, Oakland's 29th in DVOA versus the tight end. The last four tight ends versus Oakland, Fells had two touchdowns, 58 yards. Jimmy Graham had a touchdown in 65 yards. Trey Burton, trash heap. Uh, you know, old man, recycle gif, all that type of stuff. Colts tight ends, both Ebron and Doyle caught a touchdown. Like, there's some thoughts. I, I, I don't know if Detroit's going to read into that and really try to shift what they do to Hawkinson, but you can dart throw on Hawkinson if you want to. It looks like, um, you know, all, all the tight ends are going off. That's Oakland hence the over, right, Daniel?
2: Yeah, it's if you want to punt, that's that's a nice deep play. Here's the deepest one we've talked about yet. Tanner Hudson. Tampa Bay with with Howard Howard. That's Hunter, not a real, with that's Brayton not a real <laughs> He's twenty five hundred. <laughs> he got all this praise in the preseason. I don't like it. I'm not excited by it, but he's so cheap and it's such a bad week. I think if Brayton Howard are both out, he's at least a little interesting. He got a target last week. We're on the we're on the board. I mean <laughs> twenty five
1: you give me one target for twenty five hundred on, on this week, I, I think you actually I don't know. I don't. I don't want to talk about Tanner Hudson right now. I think I actually have a dynasty team with him somewhere, hanging out there catching zeros left and right. Um, Noah offense 3K, well, kind of tough to tell what's going to happen in that passing game. It's just you're really taking some some strange shots at tight end this week. So if you try to pay up your lineup, you're not going to get Cook or McCaffrey, and I think that's probably the wrong way to go in cash games. So I'm probably just going to be rolling the dice with some random tight end. Maybe I make a couple of lineups and just switch out my tight end to sort of get some exposure across the spectrum so I don't pick the wrong tight end and feel like a dunce. Those are all things that I do sometimes in my lineup constructions. Uh, So hopefully you guys can land on the right one. Janu, Delaney Walker, got to see how that plays out. Just a a lot still up in the air. So, hey, read everything on PFF later in the week. Check out all the stuff on Roto-Grinders. Good luck in your, uh, mission to find yourself some tight ends this week. <laughs> uh, Daniel, it's two nothing Astros. Yeah. You ready to go watch the finish the game? My man? i man? I will be finishing it out. All right. Good luck to, hopefully the cats don't keep you up all late at night after that, that little <laughs> cat fight earlier.
2: That was insane.
1: Uh, we're going to have some fun. Good luck everybody in week nine. Uh, the season's halfway over and, uh, it's kind of flying by. So enjoy it while we still have it. And, uh, you know just uh, have a good time, enjoy life, right? I was sick; I was, I was on my deathbed last week. I've recovered, so you know, enjoy your life. You never know uh, what what the next gate, next day, can bring you. Uh, so with that, we're gonna get out of here. Daniel, it's been fun. I'm Britt. Thanks to all three of you for watching. Hopefully, a lot more listen on podcast and on YouTube. And we outcha.